the pride of Limerick, the young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome everybody, episode 130 of the Severe MMA podcast is here. Before we start, let's give a quick mention to our sponsor for this week. It's uh, again at John Sports Rate. Find him over on Twitter, find him on Instagram. He is a designer and illustrator who does really, really cool art uh, for the UFC, uh, soccer, all different things, whatever you want him to do, he'll do pieces for you. You can you can get onto him. As I said, reach him at John Sports Straits, John Sportstraits.com as well. You can find his website. He's worked for Air Sports, BT Sport, Bleacher Report, Bundesliga, and uh, done stuff for New Balance. And he has a UFC illustrated uh, project as well that he does uh, you know, a design for every UFC event. So please check him out at John Sports Straits, J-O-H-N-S-P-O-R-T-R-A-I-T-S. Give him a follow friend of the podcast, good guy, local Irish guy as well. So Help him out. Jeremy, uh, first of all, I suppose we better ask, you're over in Texas at the moment, there's a terrible hurricane gone on, flooding and all. Are you okay? Are all your family okay? Give everyone an update. Yeah, I'm fine. Um, and family, you know, physically is, is safe, but their uh, houses are not so much. Um, you know, if, if people want to look on my Twitter account, I've actually posted some photos from my grandparents' house, uh, which is, you know, underwater, and they are having to... Uh, we're having to keep them on the second floor of their home so that they don't go wading around in the water and, you know, get any kind of gross disease or drown or anything like that. Um, yeah, man, it's pretty bad. It's, uh, I mean, I've lived, you know, in Texas most of my life. One of my earliest memories is surviving a hurricane in the early 80s. It was pretty bad, but this one is far worse than any hurricane that's ever hit the United States. Um, and so, yeah, Houston's pretty crazy. Uh, you know, my, the place where I grew up is essentially a giant lake. Now it's uh, you can't see streets, you can't see houses, you can't see anything. So, never really seen anything quite like it. Shit, look, I suppose once everyone's safe, anyway, it's it's a good thing, and I'm glad you're okay and able to join me today. Thanks very much for joining me. I really appreciate it. I mean, look, dude, uh, look, like I, I I've been doing this podcast for like seven weeks now. Um, Graham, I think is probably still stuck in America. Hopefully, he stays wherever he's at because I'm just gonna look. Graham McDonald is an idiot. I'm going to keep doing this show for as long as I want to do it. And he's not going to take the spot back. I don't care. You know, I don't care what he says. I, I think the fans that listen to this show, have gotten to the point where uh, they like you and I together. I think we're better than Graham. I mean, dude, come on. Like you and I together is better than Graham with anybody in the world. So uh, I'm just going to keep doing this show. I mean, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? He can't do anything about it. He'll do fucking nothing. That's what he'll do. He'll exactly. Do he'll nothing. do nothing. <laughs> uh, what about uh, the, the results over the weekend? Everton lost to Chelsea, didn't they? 2-0. Man United won 2-0. We did. I actually slept in. Um, and when I woke up, we had gotten destroyed by Chelsea. And that's usually, you know, I mean, I kind of had a feeling. It's not like um, I, I didn't think we had much of a chance of winning. I think we've got a good club this year. Uh, I, I, you know, but Chelsea's kind of a different... A different story, and plus, you know, occasionally we have to go Everton. We have to go old school Everton, uh, which means totally out of the match, even if we do have a chance. Uh, but hey, good news this morning, however, Diego Costa to Atletico Madrid, and he's going to Everton on loan for six months, allegedly. So, oh, really? uh, I'll take it. Yeah, I just saw that before we started doing the podcast. Actually, I don't think it, it hadn't been confirmed yet, but uh, pretty good, pretty good sources saying that he's going to. Uh, Atletico Madrid, and they're going to loan him to, to us for six months. So that'll take us at least until January. I'm by so that point, Man United, United will, dude, I do too. But, but by that point, Man United will have clinched the league, I think. So and scored three thousand goals. 
<laughs> if we keep going the way we are, we'll have like nine hundred goals this year and win the league by like fifty points. So yeah, dude, and you you guys are already cru- you guys are already crushing it, and you don't even have Zlatan back, and like he's coming back, and yeah. y'all are gonna score him and Lukaku together is gonna be they're either going to get in a fist fight in the middle of a match mm. or on the training grounds, or they're gonna score two hundred goals between the two of them. Hopefully it's the second one, but I'm I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be cool. And to, yeah. deadline day Thursday. I, is yeah. it Thursday? I think it's coming up soon. Anyway, I so think it's Thursday. It's my favorite day of the year. Um, mm-hmm. I find a good, uh, irreputable Sky Sports feed, and I turn it on my TV, and I literally watch for twelve hours. Yeah. Speaking of people finding irrespu- irrefutable feeds, what was the word you used? Irrefutable? I don't even know what that word means. I don't even but know anyway. now. <laughs> Mr. McGregor was Saturday night, and I'm sure that's how a lot of people watch it. But just let's get into the fight. This is going to be obviously the main part of the podcast. Before we get into actual fight itself and everything like that, what what do you think of it as like a social event? Is this the biggest thing you've ever covered from like a worldwide point of view, and just from the buzz that was around it for you know yeah. fight weekend after? Yeah, man. For no, I mean, no question about it. You know, you said a lot of people might have watched it on a uh, a stream of sorts, and I think you're probably right. Especially, I mean, even if they wanted to buy it, a lot of people bought it uh, on Fight Pass, which completely shit the bed. Uh, pretty much anybody who ordered on UFC Fight Pass was not able to watch it. And I don't know if you saw one of the funniest things I've ever seen is a UFC TV, uh, UFC a Fight Pass rep, customer service rep. Uh, somebody was you know live chatting with them trying to figure out the problem and they actually told them to go find an illegal stream on facebook <laughs> which was one of the funniest things i've ever seen she, this 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 rep was like well i heard that if you go on facebook and search for stream you can find people that are and it was like this ufc rep actually just directed them to an illegal stream which i'm you know i'm sure is going to make a lot of people happy but i mean dude that that just shows you for one thing okay so two points on this. It shows you how big the event was. This was, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I wasn't around for Ali Anogi, or if I was, I think I was, you know, less than a year old. I don't, I don't remember exactly what date that took place, but I, so I wasn't around for that, but from what Dave Melter and other, you know, olds who have, who are around Kevin Ioli and others who have been around since then, uh, you know, and, and it actually were around for that night said that it was a cultural event, like where, you know, your friends and your family and literally everybody asked about, the, you know, everybody was into it. People who would never be into boxing, never be into MMA were into it. Well, that's how, that's how Saturday night was. Um, I mean, I had family members, friends who literally have never watched any kind of combat sports in their life asking me about it, asking me who was going to win, asking me how it was going to go, blah, blah, blah. My mom was super into it. Uh, and she only really has ever enjoyed watching Ronda Rousey fight. So, you know, I think I think that what you saw was just a cultural event. The, the likes, you know, even if McGregor stuck around boxing and, you know, fought somebody else, you're never going to see anything like that again. That was a one-time only event. And number two, it also shows that the cable companies um, are still living in the 1980s because why the fuck would you, you know that the demand is going to be crazy for this event uh, and yet they still don't have the personnel to accept calls so that people can buy the pay-per-views um, you know and people do need to buy these things in advance and not wait till the last day it's kind of their fault but dude the cable companies here like i mean if i were you know mayweather promotions mcgregor sports and entertainment and you know all the companies involved i'd be pretty fucking pissed off like because they they dropped the boat. They did not have enough people on hand to actually accept phone orders for the pay-per-view. Um, at some point we got to fix that. So I, I don't know how much that's going to hurt the bottom line, but um, it was a massive, I mean, I don't know how it, how it was in Ireland, but I know here 
in Texas, even with this fucking hurricane hitting us, it was still a massive cultural event. Yeah, I t- look for me especially. I think it's a little bit different as I was, you know, because I was in Ireland and obviously it was a Conor McGregor fight. But this was definitely the biggest thing I've I've ever experienced. Like, even though I, I was out in town, you know, a couple of nights before, and you got a few drunken uh, WhatsApp, so you probably know about that. But like a lot of people around were, were talking about it. Like, ever people that I hadn't met in like ten years or talked and since school were coming up to me asking me about it. Uh, oh, you know, what did I think? How was it going to go? I, this girl I, I worked with like seven or eight years ago that I like hadn't spoken to since did barely like for like three weeks like ringing me up asking me how this fight is gonna go it was it was people were literally going around saying fuck the Mayweather's uh it was just you know I was insane my friend JJ and I he came down drove like 300 miles to come down to my house to watch the fight with me it was just it, 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 as you said there like people people were getting together to watch this and I think that might be another reason it might actually hurt the pay-per-view boys a little bit because I think maybe like 10 or 12 people are getting together to watch this rather than just sitting in their house watching it you know which which a lot of people would do as well uh but yeah I, I, I thought it was absolutely just the biggest thing I've ever seen definitely in you know as part of covering MMA like even I was on radio stations in Australia the BBC got me I, I know PC did things as well and and the other lads and, and it was just it was just unbelievably big and what do you think about the pay-per-view i know you said that the ufc tv went down and it was hard for people to to ring in and get it as well do you think that will affect the pay-per-view boys in the end and do you think it will beat the pacquiao mayweather no you know i think it will affect it a little bit but to, to what extent i don't know um I mean, I guess there's every chance that it might have knocked 500,000 off of it, uh, you know, given how many people had difficulties. Um, But at the end of the day, man, like I, I, you know, going into it, I did not think it was going to beat the Pacquiao Mayweather fight. I just didn't think it was going to. Um, Because, I mean, like, you know, we think about the UFC and their biggest shows ever. I mean, McGregor Diaz, right? Like, what was it, 1.7 million? That was just 1.7. And we're talking here about beating what 4.6 million and and people were talking about hitting 5 million like i don't think people understand what a difference that is i mean i know it's you know it's a big number but to go from i mean that that's a number that those high end numbers are numbers that nobody thought possible everybody thought that mayweather de, uh, de la hoya was going to be the end all be all and that that it was a once in a lifetime thing that could never be approached again and, and it's that we've learned that's just not the case um and so, you know, going in, I didn't think it was going to beat it. And now sitting here with the benefit of hindsight and, and having seen, you know, and seen all the people who are interested in this fight and, and how big it was culturally and the New York Times doing bullshit fiction stories yeah, on it. You know, at least they were doing it. We can talk about that in a little bit. But like um, just the fact that, I mean, literally everybody covered it. And so if they come out later this week or next week and Leonard Ellaby says that it did. 5.56 million pay-per-view buys i'm not going to be surprised honestly i'm really not yeah i agree you know it was so big i, I was the same as you i thought, thought it to be just below the, the pacquiao mayweather i think it'll probably come in around somewhere a little bit over four million around but yeah it, it was just it was absolutely huge and i think that's obviously an important fight because it, or an important factor because it was the whole money fight and everything and i think a lot of people we're using that as a kind of something to okay it, to make the fight okay. But now that we'll actually, we'll get into the fight itself. And I think it, there was a worry here coming in that, okay, the money side of it, the cultural of inside was all going to go great. But then the fight would be, would be terrible. You know, wouldn't live up to 
some people's expectations or it would live down to other people's expectations. Did you think, did you, the fight go as expected for you or did you think McGregor did better than he, you know, you predicted coming in? Well, so in one way, um, it went exactly as I thought it would. And that's in terms of the game plan with Mayweather kind of sitting back early and then, you know, going in for the kill later. I, you know, I mean, I think pretty much anybody would have a brain saw that coming, but dude, the the thing that I didn't see coming was just how good Conor McGregor is at boxing. I mean, like, honestly, I mean, it's he, his style is so different than anything I've seen, but he makes it work. And it's just like the little things he was doing, um, I mean, I, you know, my wife and I were sitting there watching it and, and the power kept cutting in and out, you know, in the first three rounds or so. And I, so I missed a few seconds here and there, but like what we were watching, you know, I I mean, we turned to each other and it's just like, he's doing this. I can't like, he's actually, he's actually boxing. He's actually good. I mean, going into the fight, I predict that he would less uh, land less than 20 punches. And I do, I truly believe that. I didn't think, I did not think he was going to land anything. But not only did he land, he landed a shitload of punches. Um, and they weren't all pitter-patter shots like everybody says. I, mean, I think 85 of the 111 shots were actually power shots. Um, dude, Conor McGregor proved he belonged. Uh, he, 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 he also proved that he, I mean, he's not really going to compete with the top, the best boxers in the world. The Canelo Alvarez is Triple G. Um, he's not going to compete with them uh, because Floyd Mayweather was... He was not himself. He was slower than he used to be. Um, but what he did prove is that he, I mean, he actually, he belonged in that ring. And if he elected to do so, just pursue boxing full time, I think he would be a world champion. I mean, you know, I mean, maybe not starting now, but if he'd started a couple of years ago, I think he'd be a world champion. So he proved, dude, he proved that he belonged to be there. He, he made the, the, like, I mean, I would consider myself a doubter going in. I didn't think he had any chance whatsoever to win. And he really didn't have much of a chance to win, but I didn't think he was going to look like that. And and the one thing that I did not think he was going to do was make a Floyd Mayweather fight entertaining as hell. And he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the most Floyd, entertaining Floyd Mayweather fight that I've seen in a decade. Uh, I think it was the perfect result. I think Conor McGregor, even in losing the fight, became a bigger star than he would have if he had won the fight just because of the way he handled the loss. Yeah, I totally agree. What, what you said there, <clears throat> starting off that, it, it went exactly as expected. But McGregor did better as well. It went the exact same for me. Like, I expected Floyd to come in, uh, take it slow, early, and then finish it in the mid, you know, middle rounds. But still, McGregor, I couldn't believe how well he actually did in the first two to three rounds. He And I know, okay, Floyd, Floyd was kind of taking those rounds off, looking at McGregor, seeing what he was actually bringing and, and upping the pace as he went. But still, McGregor still went in there and did that. You know, he went out straight away. And people were saying he didn't go for it from the off. I think he did. I think that those first 30 seconds or so, he was throwing a lot of big, hard shots. But he was being intelligent as well. And we'll get into the tactics and stuff in a second. But, like, McGregor was so, so quick. I couldn't believe how quick he was, how good he was with his combinations early. Just really, really clean work uh, in there. And three rounds, he held his own and looked very, very good. Way, way better than I thought he'd look like. I didn't think he would win a round. Uh, I, I thought Floyd would be very cagey early, but I thought that he would do enough to jab him up and stuff. But McGregor did so well in the first two to three rounds that I think 
after that, no matter what happened, he he was emerging from that fight as a winner, you know, because yeah. nobody expected that. We saw what Max Kellerman said before that he wouldn't land a punch. He you know, as you said, he landed pr- plenty of punches. He landed one big uppercut, and uh, he didn't hurt fly with it per se, but it definitely, you know, it definitely got, got his respect a little bit. He landed another shot as well. Uh, a kind of a left hand <clears throat> after dodging fly shot, which, which r- didn't rock him, but kind of stunned him a little bit, and got got that got fly's respect as well. So there was definitely shots there. Now the the problem is, and uh, everyone kind of mentioned coming in, it's landing clean on fly Mayweather is going to be tough, and like landing your full on power shot on fly Mayweather, and he didn't do that. You know, he didn't land. Uh, you know Eddie Alvarez type, Dustin Poirier type shots on McGregor or on Mayweather. Sorry, you have the bigger gloves as well, which hundred percent make a difference. The difference, as I said, the difference between ten and eight. We, we said for the last few weeks, negligible made no difference. It was four rounds gloves, maybe. You know, but you could see the the factors that we look at going into MMA fights that McGregor has said himself. You know, precision and speed. He has those two things, you know, and he has the power as well, a hundred percent. But Floyd Mayweather is just on a totally different level, but I think McGregor did show that his level is a lot higher than we we had expected beforehand. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I dude, like he looked like a legitimate world. I mean, you know, I don't want to say world class, but he looked like a legitimate boxer. Which, uh, you know, even after seeing the the footage of him and Pauly in training camp, like his shots were looking awkward. And I was like, Oh my God, this is going to be bad. This is going to be so bad. But he did like, dude, you're right. When you say he was fast uh, and accurate, you're right. I mean, I was stunned at his speed in those early rounds stunned because I thought that he was going to be half as fast as Floyd Mayweather. And he wasn't, he was fast, man. And he was landing his shots. He was making it work for him. And, and dude, he, he proved a point, you know, he, I, whether he goes back to the UFC, you know, and I've always said that I, I never thought he would go back, but then I also never thought that I'd hear the words, uh, da- you know, coming out of Dana White's mouth talking about maybe giving Connor a piece of the company that changes everything. Um, whether he goes back to the UFC, whether he stays in boxing, he proved a point is that he can go in there and stand toe to toe with the best guys in the world and strike with them. You know, he may not be able to beat them. He may not be able to last uh, more than five or six rounds or whatever, but he, he can go in there uh, and in terms of just pure striking and pure talent that he can go in there and compete. What is your take on whether he did well or not? And I, I think people have different kind of uh different yardsticks for what what was doing well or not like a lot see i, I wrote an article for Sherlock before this and, and kind of pinpointed this that you no know, if conor mcgregor won or did very well that it wouldn't be as huge a thing to people because there were a lot of people were expecting him to win were expecting him to knock out mayweather when in in honesty if you were to look at it in the cold light of day with no bias and stuff you'd know that Mayweather's on a total different level and McGregor had almost no chance to win or even be competitive but the fact that he was competitive for four rounds at least Mayweather took over after after midway through the third round but I, I a lot of people are still saying McGregor was tying with or Mayweather's tying with him early and then took over when he wanted and destroyed him then for the last six rounds or so. Do you buy into that? Are you on, on kind of on along my thinking that he did very, very well? No, I mean I, yeah, Connor did very, very well. And and I I don't I don't agree that Floyd gave him the rounds, but I also do agree that he gave him the rounds in terms of 
what what I mean is that he he like you said earlier, he sat back, kind of saw what Connor was bringing, um, and you know he knew probably that Connor was going to tire himself out because that's what happens uh, when Connor gets a later uh, in fights, and especially knowing that you know he's never gone past twenty five minutes, um, you know the smart game plan would be to try to extend it out past that point and then go for the finish, and that's what happened. Uh, but still, I mean, even even with Floyd taking. Floyd's done that against plenty of opponents. He's done that against, I mean, has for the last 10 years, he's done that against all of his opponents and they, none of them did as well in those rounds that Floyd was kind of coasting as Connor did. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it can be both. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Yes. Floyd took off the early rounds and kind of let Connor do his thing, but Connor also ex- executed in those moments and in those times and took advantage of it in a way that few have against Floyd Mayweather. I think there is a world that we live in where you can still say that Floyd Mayweather dominated and won the fight well, and that Conor McGregor still did, still did very, very well. You know, is can you th- is there another person in the world that hasn't boxed an amateur or professional fight that could go in against Floyd Mayweather and do as well as Conor McGregor? No, I, I, I mean don't I don't think, think so. Yeah, no. so that, that's huge. Let's let's talk about the tactics. And you kind of started off there with Floyd. Like for for me, the tactics were were pretty simple to see. Floyd was coming in. He was Floyd. Floyd had his tactics were basically to start very very cautiously for the first couple of rounds and up at literally a gear at a time every round as he went on. And I thought he did that very very well. You know, he 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 looked and he was cautious to see what McGregor was throwing there. He didn't want to catch uh, any big shots, had his hands up, was, you know, was going against doing, uh, was going against the ropes a lot, uh, kind of getting a, getting a look at McGregor's shots, seeing whoever the, they were coming from, doing very well, parrying shots, obviously moving his head was, was excellent. Uh, as it went into the, the, the first three rounds, all Mayweather was doing was hitting McGregor in the body, and his, you mentioned earlier, he, that was, that was, plan he was working for he wanted to take away the cardio of mcgregor and we'll get into the cardio issue soon but that's what all he did for the first three rounds come the fourth round i think mcgregor slowed down a little bit and mayweather started using his jab he started landing the left hook was actually a very very good punch for him all night and in the fifth round he landed a huge left hook maybe in the last minute of the fifth round which i think changed the fight and was the kind of the beginning of mayweather's or mcgregor's huge cardio dump uh, but he, as I said, he upped the pace, kept going until he got the finish. For McGregor, I thought he thought, took more of a pragmatic uh, approach than I than I thought he would. He didn't come out um, just going all guns knock out. Now he did, as I mentioned earlier, for the first forty five seconds or so, through a lot of hard punches trying to get through. But I think he was smart. You know, I, I put up a, a little clip there on on Twitter where he was he was doing things like slapping away the gloves, hitting him behind the pull down the guard. That's something now we see a lot. Uh, so a lot of people mentioned with Vasily Lomachenko, and it's something in MMA which I actually mentioned last week, where you punch the gloves and and hit behind them. He did that a little bit as well, but he was pulling the guard as well, which is more of a boxing thing, which is, shows that he studied this game very hard and came in as we mentioned earlier his head movement was absolutely fantastic his speed uh but like i think his approach was to bring it hard early and keep bringing it hard if he couldn't get the knockout but i, I just think he couldn't do that <clears throat> and what that actually ended like watching that fight um 
maybe with a, you know maybe a lot of people watching this don't, don't watch much boxing and stuff but like it, it's kind of hard to see how he took over and why he took over and my look just like he got tired but there, there was definitely that but I think a big part of it was that McGregor <clears throat> he, he did very well to move his head and move his feet for the first four rounds but after that Mayweather started up in the pace a little bit and as McGregor mentioned himself when Mayweather was pushing forward he found it very hard to defend how he found it very hard to stop him pushing forward he did this little thing a couple of times where he was like throwing his elbows at McGregor's hand or at Mayweather's hands to push him back so he could get on the front foot which worked a couple of times but he he had some very very good moments in all the rounds the consistency was just not there. He wasn't seasoned like Mayweather. Like every time McGregor threw Mayweather was defending well, either parrying him or either rolling him with the shots. McGregor was doing that maybe only maybe fifty percent of the time after the first four rounds, and that that's what that was his downfall. He just kept taking more and more shots shots every round, and his game plan was a good one early, but it wasn't sustainable for someone who was just not a seasoned, uh, not a seasoned boxer like him. And uh, that that's why Mayweather took over. He just really showed his class. He showed, you know, his championship board and why he's one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, again, as always, when it comes to analytical stuff, I'm going to defer to your to your judgment because I, truthfully, like I, I I watched the fight. I've only seen it one time so far, so it's hard for me. You know, and that's one time in the middle of a hurricane um, with sporadically going in and out. So it's hard for me to, you know, really uh, sit down and break down a lot of that stuff. And that's not what I'm good at anyway. So um, I think you do a spectacular job of breaking it down and I'll let you do it and let's move on. Good man. What do you think of the cardio issues? Do you think it's, do you think it's a mental thing or do you think, do you think he's not training hard enough? I I, I don't think, I think it's a mental thing. Oh, I don't thing. think that's it. It's got to be a mental thing. It's either that or it's just, he really does go in there and, and, he goes for the knockout so often, you know, the big power shots um, mm-hmm. that he does kind of punch himself out. I mean, that's what's happened. You know, when he, when he's gassed in the UFC, that's what happened. Uh, and I think that's what happened here. That and a combination of the fact that he just hasn't fought that long. And, you know, um, there's a, just a big difference. I mean, yeah, the UFC rounds are, are five minutes long, but there's just a, boxing is just a different thing going in and going in and boxing hard for three minutes over the course of 12 rounds. I mean, he made it 10 rounds, but that's hard. It's a, it's a very different kind of cardio. Um, It's a kind of cardio that, uh, you know, maybe Connor was not expecting, Uh, but you know, he knows now Um, it's just, I I guess I kind of, truthfully, Sean, he kind of lasted a little bit longer than I thought he would in terms of, I mean, yeah. I, I kind of thought he would be gassed out by the seventh round and, and Floyd would finish him in the eighth. Uh, so he lasted a couple rounds longer than I thought. And, you know, that I don't think I don't think that we can take anything away from this fight and apply it to like future UFC stuff. Um, you know, his future UFC bouts he may have or sorry, future UFC slash McGregor promotions bouts that he mm-hmm. may have. I don't think we can learn anything. Um, but I think what we did learn is, you know, that he does dude, he trains like an animal and mm-hmm. If he didn't, he would have gone in there and gassed out in three or, you know, round three or round four. Yeah, I definitely think it's a, there's a little bit of a mental thing towards this because he mentioned it beforehand. And we were talking about last week, we discussed that it, it's McGregor never lets his mental guard down and he's always really, really strong. But that's definitely something that that he he's worried about. And he mentioned it afterwards again. Another thing I think, I, I've kind of a different view to maybe a lot of people and I've watched the fight five or six times now, maybe when other people do that, they'll see it as well. Like, I personally, I think McGregor obviously came strong and got tired around the fourth and especially late in the fifth. 
and then the sixth and seventh he looked very very tired but I actually Danny I hardly kind of mentioned it in commentaries and I know you probably didn't hear him we'll get to the commentary in a second but I think in the eighth and the start of the ninth McGregor kind of got his second wind and I think we saw that in the Diaz fight as well we even saw that when he was hitting the bag as we mentioned last week I, t- I think he got his sec- second win because if you go back and watch that eight round and McGregor actually mentioned himself he thought he won the round no I don't think he thought he won the round but he was moving his head a lot better he was moving his feet a lot better he was you know I said 50% of the time he was he was moving well and doing I think it, it went up 75-80% of the time in that round and that was a m- way more even round I think Floyd still won it but started ninth as well he hit Floyd with that kind of low blow slash body shot I'm not sure which it was yet but he looked good in the start of that but then he kind of gassed again after Floyd started landing shots and he just you know he didn't have a third win if you want to put it that way but yeah no he didn't and, and you know the thing is is like I do agree I mean could he have lasted a little bit longer yeah but in boxing um you know there's they're going to always err on the side of caution for the most part you don't see as many late stoppages if anything you always see early stoppages in boxing uh and so you know you can't blame the ref for for going in there and I mean he was taking damage he was not defending himself and in boxing when that is happening the fight gets stopped plain and simple uh it's not like the UFC where they're you know have a habit of maybe letting the fight go a little bit too long there when when you are standing there even if it's just you're tired if you're standing there and you're taking you know unprotected punches to the face uh and body they are going to stop the fight yeah 100% I I had no problem at all with the with the stoppage and look he took two blows to the head with left hands that he wasn't defending himself. He was just standing there taking them, looking at him, seeing him coming. And Floyd could have probably hit him with two more. And I think the referee was right to step in to save him from that. Um, the last kind of thing we we'll get to in the fight before we move on what did you think a lot you know a lot of people coming in were saying he should be very unorthodox do do weird things do change in the stances and stuff and it's <clears throat> i know it's very hard to be critical of his game plan or stuff because it went so well for him early and um, better than i expect him a lot of people expect him. do you think he did enough unorthodox stuff or do you think he should have done more i mean i think it doesn't matter if he did more honestly yeah. um because at the end of the day like his unorthodox stances and whatnot, the punches are still pretty much for the, you know, for the most part were coming from the same place from what I saw. And so Floyd Mayweather was going to be able to do what Floyd Mayweather does, regardless of if he looked goofy coming in or whatnot, you know, Floyd, dude, the guy is the reason he is what he is. And the reason he is 50 and oh, is because he's just nothing faces them, you know, and and Mm -hmm. Connor mentioned it afterwards, just how composed he is in there. So that stuff, you know, all the, you know, all the nonsense, all the, uh, the stuff that, that the switching the stances, the putting the gloves behind the back, and you know that that stuff doesn't affect Floyd Mayweather. And in fact, you mean you could kind of see Floyd was smiling. I mean, dude, he was getting a kick out of it. Yeah. And I mean, I told my wife like as the fight was going on, I mean, I, like, these guys like each other. They're having a great mm-hmm. time in there. And it, it it was pretty clear that that, that Floyd went in hoping for that kind of result, hoping for that kind of fight, hoping that Connor would help make it entertaining. And that's exactly what happened. And I don't think anything that Connor could have done differently. Um, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure his camp can probably pinpoint some stuff and, you know, you can probably pinpoint some stuff that he could have done differently that might've made him more effective. But at the end of the day, uh, he wasn't going to win that fight. At the end of the day, he was fighting Floyd Mayweather, you know? I totally agree. A couple of things I thought he did did well were those hammer fists when Floyd was down, even though they may have been a bit illegal and stuff, but I thought or they were good. Completely, or completely illegal, yeah. 
Yeah, and he was punching down as well, and they were with legal punches, something that really don't see in boxing that much, but something that's very common in MMA, obviously, because of wrestling and, and everything like that. I thought that was the one on Orthodox thing he did very well. His stand switches didn't really work that well, but I thought he did them nicely, and he landed a couple of, of uh, left-hand jabs when he was switching up, uh, trying to do that. I thought one thing he did very, very well, and I think that was the main thing that Floyd had to um, had to deal with, was kind of switching not switching stances but switching levels kind of like when you're going down to, to wrestle someone he was going up and down constantly something which maybe you see in boxing with the head <clears throat> with the head and the kind of the upper body more than you'd see you know in mma where it's kind of you're moving the, your legs up and down and i think floyd had to get to, to grips with that that was another thing that i think mayweather or mcgregor might have been made tired by because that takes a lot of effort to do that especially when you have a lot of extra weight and as well when another big part of the fight as well was mayweather kept turning his back on mcgregor which was very very smart by floyd i think because it took away mcgregor's ability to clinch and to break from the clinch there was almost no clinching in the whole fight the referee kind of stepped and uh, stopped him very quickly as well, which you know was okay. I don't think it was egregious or anything like that. But Mayweather was very smart; he wasn't getting involved in it at all. And uh, McGregor said himself afterwards that 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 um, that took a lot of his uh, a lot of his energy. But look, overall, as we move on from the fight to a couple of more topics on it. I thought McGregor did very, very well, but he was obviously, you know, it's a different level of skill. Just, uh, you know, he was outclassed by by Mayweather in the end. And uh, but there's no shame in that. I thought he did definitely a lot better than I ever thought he'd, he, you know, I ever thought he'd do coming in. Um, what what commentary team were you watching, Malinaji and Mara and the guys, was it? Yep. yep. What, did, how, what kind of a job do you think they did? Did you think they represented both sides well, or was it very one-sided towards flight, or how did they do? No, I thought they actually represented both sides very well, um, and I was surprised because I was ready to punch Polly fucking in the face, you know, if he... <laughs> I was so annoyed <laughs> with that guy, and I still am, but I was so annoyed with that guy. Um, leading into the fight, and I just kind of, you know, I was kind of dreading having to hear him talk. And, and you know, he actually did well. Uh, Morrow did what Morrow does and kind of busted out some of his wacky, over-the-top pop culture references, uh, including good. talking about how he had shot his load, which was, uh, <laughs> it's, it, he said he said McGregor may have shot his load, and the rest, the other guys on the team were like, uh... Uh, it got real uncomfortable for a second. That's a military um, reference, though, isn't it? Didn't Luke Thomas? Yeah, no, it's totally, totally a military reference. Yeah, but it's a dick reference. It has nothing to do with anything else. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was awkward. But yeah, they, I think they did fine. Paulie called it right down the middle, and then as soon as the fight was over, went and posted dumbass shit on Twitter. Um, kind of went back, went back to his old game of trying to get the McGregor fight, which I don't think he gets now, truthfully. So yeah, I don't, I don't think it'll happen. Uh, we obviously had Sky over here and. It was maybe the exact opposite to that. It was absolutely horrendous from from beginning to end. Uh, the good bits, Dan Harris. I thought he actually called stuff for McGregor that happened, and he called what happened with Mayweather as well. The, how how well he actually did to take over the fight and how good he looked, you know. But um, Adam Smith was okay. He was the the play by play guy. He was okay, but it was a lot of hyperbole and and just bullshit as well. But, but Carl Froch, the former. Uh, couple of time world champion was absolutely horrendous literally the worst commentary i've ever heard in any sport ever and people know me i'm a sports aficionado i watch a lot of sports i watch a lot of shitty mma with terrible commentators but carl Frotch was the worst ever just absolutely horrendous he after 
I think it was after the four, around the fourth round, the play-by-play guy asked him, Did, has McGregor done better than you thought he would? And he goes, no, I, I was expecting him to bring a lot more. I was expecting him to do a lot more. After he was I won at least three rounds, at least two rounds. Look, at two to three rounds against the greatest boxer of all time in his first fight. He said he was expecting him to do more. Like, it, it, I thought it was just horrendous. He was they were calling shots that McGregor landed, saying that Floyd Mayweather had landed in times, giving him absolutely no credit, you know, criticizing him just the whole way through for everything, criticizing the sport of MMA as well, saying this, you know, this is this is the boxing ring, this is a whole, you know, it was just pretentious, dickheadish stuff all the way through, and uh, I think a lot of people were very unhappy with it and uh, you know you've clearly if you thought that was the worst ever i mean i haven't even heard the commentary you're talking about but if you thought it was the worst ever you clearly haven't heard duncan ferguson do commentary on Connor. because that's the worst thing i've ever heard in my life like it's okay we, we don't need to talk about it but it's until you have heard duncan ferguson do commentary i don't want to hear about it Okay, I'll <laughs> I'll check that out. A few things, a few things came out after Orange as well. Did you hear in the post fight press conference, McGregor mentioned that he was a free agent? Well, what do you think for he was boxing. getting out there? For was boxing. it just was it just for that? Or I don't know. I believe no, I believe it is. But I mean, look. Okay, so I now I've I've gotten to the point now where I do think he's going to fight again because. Uh, the UFC, WME has kind of changed their stance. Um, they don't have any other stars, and especially with since John Jones can't uh, stop fucking up. Apparently, that you know they need stars. They need Conor McGregor more than ever, and so I think they're going to do something that I never thought they would do. I think they're going to probably give him ownership in the company, a small stake in it, and I think they will co-promote fights with him. Which, I mean, I know that's always been his plan was promoting his own fights and co-promoting his fights. But I never thought in a million years that it would ever happen with the UFC. And I think that is what's going to happen now. Um, I know that he has, you know, he is contracted to the UFC for fights, but there is nothing that requires him to go back and fight. Like George St. Pierre said that he has to defend the title. That's bullshit. Like he can win the title and then retire. He doesn't mm-hmm. have, you know, he, I think what he's saying is he can't move divisions, but with, with Conor McGregor, there's nothing that says he has to, you know, go back and fight at all. Uh, and so if the UFC wants him to fight, they're going to have to pr- break the bank, give him a piece of the ownership, and his name's going to have to be on the marquee alongside theirs, which, dude, I never thought would happen, man. But I think we're in that spot now where I think it, it might actually happen. Do you think there's anything in the fact that he's now boxed and he's under the Alley Act and that he, you know, yeah, that allows absolutely. him? Yeah, to be free to get promoted, and can the UFC actually force him to go back and, and you know if he wanted to box again under HBO or someone or you know under Showtime again, is that something he can actually do now because he's under the Ali yeah. Act? Yeah, I mean if he wants to box again, they, you know he I from what I understand he does not have to go through the UFC doesn't have to be involved at all, um, and if they. Yeah, I mean they have a contract, and they're they're supposed. Yeah, I mean the con- the language of the contract says that their fighters can't box until they could challenge McGregor in court, uh, but they also know that if they do that, then the Ali Act is coming into MMA uh, in a big way, um, and that's the last thing that they want. So, mm-hmm. you know, what can they do? They can't challenge him if he wants to go box. You know, he can go box. He can go box wherever he wants. Uh, they can't stop him. Uh, but I think the more likely scenario is they. They do stay involved. They do stay business partners. Maybe with Lorenzo Fertitta involved more heavily on Connor's side uh, of things, and I think they promote MMA fights in the future. And so it's it's an interesting time, man. It's 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 a time I never thought I would see. 
It really is. Right, two things before we get off this. If you were to say here and now, and I know you've given a good explanation of what you think the future is, when, where, and who does Conor McGregor fight next, if that question even makes sense? Yeah, it makes sense. I, I, don't, I don't think he fights this year. Maybe, if anything, it would probably be December, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the who... Uh, you know, if GSP was staying at welterweight, I would say that he would fight, you know, GSP, but I, I don't, I don't think GSP is going to be going back to welterweight anytime soon. Um, I don't think McGregor fights Tyron Woodley. I think that's a kind of style fight that, that he wants no part of. Um, I don't know, man. I I think that I don't see him fighting Khabib. He's definitely not fighting Khabib in Russia. Anybody yeah. who think that's happening is fucking crazy. Uh, I, I think you're a lot more likely to see him fight a, a Tony Ferguson, a Kevin Lee, uh, maybe the winner of that fight. I think he's fighting Nate Diaz. I think he mentioned that a couple of times last night. Well, yeah, I think that I think that's definitely. I don't know if that's next though. Maybe it is. Yeah, and I, I'd be surprised if it wasn't in Vegas again. You know, end of the year, start of next year. But yeah, I, I still, I, I think we're we're still a bit close to it though. I think a lot's going to happen over the next few weeks or maybe a month or two, and and you know things could change very quickly. Like I know, look, coming in and looking at this fight, Coley, we're thinking maybe he won't fight again. You know, he's a lot of money. Are the actually going to get? You know, I know you're saying they're more open to dealing with core promotions and things like things like that. But are they actually going to are they going to come through on those promises? I know they need him badly, and uh, I suppose over the next few weeks we, we'll definitely be be talking about that again when when more things emerge. But and then overall, since the fight now is gone, I know a lot of people and myself and you probably included didn't think it was going to happen, and it did happen, and it it kind of surpassed my expectations, maybe all around. Um, do you think you know? Good for boxing, bad for boxing, good for MMA, bad for MMA. I think it was good for everything. Do you? Would you be, be the same way? Yeah, yeah, I do too. I agree. It was good for everything. Uh, good for, for good for boxing. Um, you know, I mean, I, I it would have been better for boxing if maybe you know Canelo versus Triple G commercials were running uh, during the fights. Uh, on, but you <laughs> yeah. know that would have been that would have been better for boxing um, if they were able to promote some you know some of their other stars, but just because of the fragmented way boxing exists, that's never going to happen. Uh, but no, I mean, anybody who says that it, you know, it hurt boxing that Conor McGregor went with 10 rounds with the best ever or whatever. That's, that's a bunch of bullshit. It was fine for both sports. Conor became a bigger star. Floyd went out uh, instead of having a boring fight, went out trying to please the fans. Um, it was a memorable night that will never be replicated in my lifetime. Uh, and I'm glad mm-hmm. I got to I see agree. it. Right. Let's move on back to MMA. Jeremy, there's an event this weekend in Rotterdam. Stefan Struve against Alexander Volkov. In one word, who wins that? Who? Okay, that's a good answer. I'm going to go Volkov. Right, let's move on. That's all we're going to talk about that event because no one gives a shit. Um, I'm just kidding. I'll take I'll take Stefan Struve. <laughs> I'm going Volkov. Okay. Uh, Brian Stan left his job as UFC uh, commentator this week. We should have a moment. Yeah, we should have a moment of silence, yeah. like a like a ten bell salute, like they do in yeah, WWE. Ah, <laughs> sad. I was I was actually devastated when this happened because he he's so good at his job. He's you know I, I mentioned Dan Hardy's one of the best earlier. I think Brian Stan he he changed the paradigm of how color commentary is done on MMA. I really think that like Joe Rogan did such a great job for years explaining stuff and being the color you know in the in the color commentary. But I think Brian Stan. With the new, you know, he he brought the transition to WME IMG 
on so much with the analytical work. Like people, as as you know, myself and uh, Patrick Wyman and other guys like that who try to do analysis. You know, it's sometimes it's hard to get people interested in analysis, or to get people to read it, or to get people to listen to things about analysis. But Brian Stan made people like it. You know, he he talked about things on the broadcast and outside of the broadcast that, you know, and I, he was a big proponent of bringing in, um, bringing in replays of clips where you could draw kind of on, on the, on the TV screen and show people at home exactly what they need to be looking for. He was so well educated on all different sides of the sport. He was, you know, he, he used to talk to all the fighters beforehand, get really into them as per people as well as fighters. And I thought, I think it's a absolutely huge loss for the UFC. Yeah, I actually when I when I heard the news, I think that kind of went like, no, not Brian, like out loud, uh, which was you know, kind of embarrassing. But anyway, I mean, it, it's man, it, you put it you put it perfectly. Like this, this is a huge loss for the UFC, and 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 Brian Stan is not only a guy who I thought, I mean, was absolutely the best member of the any of the commentary teams ever. Um, really kind of changed changed the way those things, you know, the commentary team should operate uh, yeah. uh, you're still going to get people who go in there and wing it constantly uh, but i mean in terms of preparation uh presentation there was nobody like brian stan uh so brian stan was not only the best member of that commentary team he was a guy who i thought should be the face of the ufc in the new wmeimg era and not dana white uh but i mean brian stan is also a guy i mean people joke about it but i'm not fucking joking at all brian stan is a guy who should be president of the united states uh maybe that still is in his future and if so i will vote for him uh but it, for the moment, for the UFC, it is a huge loss. Um, and I, I, I mean, they'll be fine um, because I don't think I don't think fans put as much emphasis on the commentary teams as the media does. Because if that were true, uh, they wouldn't be so in love with maybe Mike Goldberg or Joe Rogan. Uh, but I, you know, I think people like us, people who notice the commentary teams, are gonna. It's it's a huge deal. Yeah, I, I definitely got it. Look, I've, I've said it for the last few years here that UFC are, are doing pretty well with commentators now. As I said, I mentioned Hardy's great, Sam was great. Um, I still like Rogan. I still think Rogan is good at his job. Um, You're wrong. Uh, okay, and I think like they moved on. I don't think Kenny Florian is a great uh, color guy, but they moved him on to where he, he's good. I think he's good behind the desk at that job. <clears throat> and I, I think Dominic Cruz is very good as, as well. And I wouldn't be the biggest fan of Carmia, but... I think he's a guy that will improve over time and it's the same with Cruz. They're very, very new to it. So I think they're good. But as you mentioned, I think Stan was, was definitely the best and he will definitely be missed as well. Um, so yeah, let, yeah. Right, let's move on before we get to the questions. Let's have a few minutes here on probably the biggest MMA news we've had maybe this year. Your boy, Johnny Bones Jones, America's favorite son has again fucked up and failed a drugs test. Uh, allegedly, for- allegedly. Allegedly, Torino Ball. Yes, he well, he definitely. He, yeah, I mean, you know, we we got to get that B sample tested. Let's let's uh not jump to conclusion. I mean, look, I've already jumped to conclusions. Um, and, and and I know that I shouldn't is the thing. Um, you know, I, I jumped to it a little bit too quickly. Uh, John Jones does have a right to due process, but man, look, um, couple things on this. It, it obviously it does not look good. Uh, to go ahead to pull out the tainted supplement defense again, uh, because truthfully, even. Even if you're you got lucky and your supplement was tainted, um, which why the fuck can't I ever find these tainted supplements? Yeah, one thing, like I, I need like give me a list of all the tainted supplements so that I can buy them and use them. Um, even if you do use the tainted supplement defense again, like I mean, dude, I I have read Usada's rules closely. Um, 
you know, one of the biggest things that they stress is like, even if your supplement is tainted, you're responsible for what goes in your body and they recommend no yeah. supplements at all. Uh, so there's only so far that defense fly, even if it is laced with the Um, it's, you know, there's only so far that defense goes. Now, secondly, you remember when John Jones had that weird test result, you know, leading up to the Cormier fight where he had a okay. real low, no, no, the re, but he had the real low TE level, uh, which was kind of like shockingly, shockingly low. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There, there was really not a lot of explanation for how that can happen, but one of the explanations is a Tyrannoball cycle. Uh, it, it can actually do that to your TE ratio. Um, ratio. And so, you know, I'm not saying that John Jones used T, you know, Tyrannoball. Uh, I, he's got a right to get that B sample tested to, to have his defense heard. Uh, but what I am saying is things do look a little bit weird. And for anybody who says that, you know, he, he, why would he use Tyrannoball in the last three weeks before a fight? That's the exact time you would use it because it helps you. It is a help. It doesn't act. It's not a diuretic in terms of like cutting weight, like a diuretic would, but it helps you retain lean muscle mass while shedding weight. That's the time you would have taken it. Um, and so I am skeptical of John Jones defense. Uh, but at the same time you look at it and you go like, why the, f-? I mean, this guy literally just had the best redemption story that I've seen in the UFC in years. He got the fans yeah. back on his side. He had that big Hulk Hogan babyface WrestleMania moment, uh, you know, when he when he beat Cormier. Why would he like why would you throw all that away when you just I mean you, if he if he actually gets proven guilty uh or if he's not proven innocent, I should say. I guess cuz they can't maybe prove him guilty. If he's not proven innocent here, um it I think it shows that the man has probably some mental issues that he can't overcome himself. Right. I mean, you know, people yeah. that just constantly shoot themselves on the foot like that, like yeah. because he had everything, he had his redemption story. He had, he was back on top. People were considering him the greatest ever again. And then this, you know, um, it's really sad and disappointing. There's a couple of things here. You said it there, but I'll stress it again. This is only the A sample. He has due process. He's he's going to get that B sample tested, and if that B sample is negative, he will be, uh, he you know he will be clear. But I think John Jones has made so many mistakes now that we're we have a duty to, to tell people the truth and tell people our opinions without without you know pussyfooting around it because you know it's grand if it's the first time ever. But like John Jones is is such a fuck up now and like. Okay, if if it comes back as a supplement issue, whatever. Jones is a multi-millionaire. Why isn't John Jones buying 20 boxes of protein, sending it to a lab, getting them to test the protein and seeing if there are drugs in it? Why isn't he yeah, doing or that? Having like, custom, how much custom, is that? Yeah, or having custom designed supplements, you know, by a lab uh, that is accredited by USADA or something. I mean, there, there's multiple options you could be doing uh, instead of just taking some skanky tube of whatever that your friend gives you. You know, that's, there are multiple options there. So yeah, I mean, dude, I agree. Like if he, if that B sample has to rent a ball in it, then Daniel Cormier is the light heavyweight champion. That yeah. belt should go back to him. Cause even if it was a tanned supplement, he still beat DC on steroids on to And yeah. so, you know, right. That's, he still deserves the punishment. Does he, does he deserve four years? Probably not, but is he going to get two or three years? Yeah, he is. He's going to be gone for a long time. Look, he has to be one of the biggest cheats in the history of MMA as well, if that does happen, just like inside and outside of the cage. Like, I know a lot of people have different opinions on performance enhancing drugs and stuff. But look, we're under those rules. I, I'm a, 
I don't like performance enhancing drugs per se. I, I just I'm against them. And, and I think, you, you know, you pick sides in that and whichever side you come out on. But the fact that John Jones went in there against a guy he's beaten before. And if this B sample comes back positive, he, you know, he went in there and he took drugs the day before because this was a test happened between the weigh-ins and the fight itself. And 1960s, uh, you know, performance enhancing drug. It's just, you know, it's shocking altogether. And it's funny as well how all of Malky Kawa's guys are failing and it always seems to be um, um, tainted supplements as well. You yeah. think he'd, he'd do a better job as a manager of getting people supplements that aren't tainted? You know, rather yeah, it's than not good. tainted supplements. Yeah. Well, and, and look, I, you know, well, just to clear up one thing, like he wouldn't have, he didn't have to take the supplement the day before. It would have been the three weeks between his last unannounced test, which I think was what, July or June 7th or June 8th, whenever that last test was. Anytime in that three weeks between then and then the weigh-in night when he got tested, he could have taken it. And, and I mean, that's the thing is like, I mean, I've talked to several different experts on, you know, the subject and everybody should follow Ian Kidd. If you're not I, mm-hmm. like, I, this is a, this is a drug that you could take uh, conceivably to help you cut weight, to drop, um, to drop pounds while retaining your lean muscle mass. Like it would have been, that's what it would have been used for in those last three weeks. Yeah. Do you, do you think this affects his status as the greatest of all time? I know you've been yeah, saying it for the last it two does. or three years. Yeah. Of course it does, man. And that's disappointing because I mean, I think, I think it's been pretty clear. I've been saying, dude, I've been saying John Jones is the greatest of all time for, you know, since before he won the light heavyweight title for the first time, I believed he was the greatest. Of, now he hadn't proven it yet, but I believed he was, you know, he was the greatest fighter I'd ever seen. Um, and I still believe he's the greatest fighter I've ever seen, but I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't move forward thinking that for the rest of my life. Uh, if the guy is a two time drug cheat, you know, Hey, the fuck of the cocaine, what the, you know, whatever, all that stuff. What I'm talking about is what happens inside the octagon. And if he was juiced up, uh, and overpowered uh, and cheating, then I can't consider him. He's out of consideration. And truthfully, um, I, in, in my mind, that makes Daniel Cormier the greatest light heavyweight of all time because he he went in there and he competed against John Jones and he lost, but he did so cleanly against a guy who is so fucking talented. He's a prodigy at fu- mm-hmm. He's a he's a fighting prodigy. He doesn't he need it. Like- no, he doesn't need it. He could literally do anything that he wanted to do. He could be one of the greatest amateur wrestlers of all time. He could be a kickboxing world champion. He could be a boxing champion. He could be the greatest MMA fighter of all time. And instead of just living with that, he is so fucking insecure that he has to do this. Yeah. And I think that's a shame. Yeah. I suppose just before we move on to the questions, what about, I know you mentioned Daniel Carmier there. Like it must be such mixed feelings for him because if this happens, he's probably going to get his, his UFC title back and the win. Uh, it won't be a loss anymore for John Jones, but like, he, it must be just so sickening for him to after UFC 200 as well, where the fight was robbed from him by John Jones fucking up again, and this time John Jones like uh, the worst, most devastating loss, shamed on 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 TV. When I say shame, I mean like a lot of people took and made a meme out of him crying on TV. Joe after Joe Rogan interviewed him, he he went through all of that when he was fighting against someone who was cheating against him. Uh, like how must he be feeling now? And you know, it, it's absolutely horrendous to see you know a good guy. John Jones even said himself he's a great guy, a guy he wants to be like. And it's a pity he can't be a little bit more like uh, Daniel Cormier because you know it's it's just he a shame. A lot, he should be a lot more like Daniel Cormier. I mean, everybody should. Um, and I, you know, I've spoken to Daniel a little bit since then, and and things are kind of up in the air. He is under the belief that he will get this championship back. You know, should be, if that if that B sample comes back, um, 
it's you know Cormier is going to get his championship belt back but truthfully like the way he feels or seems to feel um is kind of what you said like it's how, how do you feel about mm-hmm. something because you went in you know you've been living the last whatever weeks thinking that you went in there and you lost uh cleanly to a guy that you always thought or always knew that you were better than and it turns out maybe you're not but then come to find out weeks later that the guy was fucking juiced up and cheating maybe allegedly like how do you feel about that i mean how would anybody feel about that yeah that's very true it's definitely shitty for him and sad to see all right let's move on to the questions we'll we'll get through a few of these here before we leave you this week uh these questions as always brought to you by at john sports threats over on twitter follow him for all your illustrations designs give him a follow on instagram as well at john sports threats and go to john-sportsthreats.com Go over him, so support him, help him out, help us help you. Let's do it, Jeremy. Kieran Stapleton at the Supla. This is actually a question from last week, but we'll get on to it anyway. Can we have a Game of Thrones podcast this week since Sheehan got this, got the seal of approval from Sheehan? Have you been watching Game of Thrones? Do you like Game of Thrones? Don't spoil it for me. I'm only on season five. Oh, okay. Of course I watch Game of Thrones. Yeah, we, the wife and I actually just watched last night's episode this morning, and uh, I had to change my shorts after it was done. So, yeah. Oh, where am I now? I am... Um... Um, where am I? I'm Stannis just arrived north of the wall, and he's getting yeah. all the army together and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm my favorite thing is how you know. my favorite thing is how you are years late starting this show, and then you expect everybody else to just shut the fuck up on Twitter about it. Yeah. Like that's very shame. Yeah. That's very yeah, it is very me. It is very me. Uh, Mr. Podge asked about Brian Stan, and who who do you think could replace him? You know, I, I know obviously DC and, and Cruz and other guys are there, but do you think anyone? Do you fancy anyone new to come in to to take up the workload? Uh no, I think they're going to go with Cruz, and I think they're going to go with, with with DC when possible. Um, I, I don't. I mean, maybe they get. Uh, maybe somebody, maybe they try to turn Woodley out. Uh, maybe they try somebody else who has been doing the UFC Tonight thing for a while. Um. God, hopefully not Tony Ferguson. That'd be the worst. But, um, you know, maybe somebody, one of those guys who has been doing, I mean, dude, maybe they try Misha Tate out. I mean, that's, that's a thing that, you know, an idea that has some merit. Um, But I think for them, you know, I think most of the workload is probably going to go to Dominic Cruz. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Paul Felder has been doing a good job in the NY towards the night series where I could see him getting some reps. Do you know what would be funny? Snoop, yeah. we, there's a few questions about him. We'll get to him in a second, but Good. this will this will never ever happen. But I think Conor McGregor would be unbelievable. Maybe not at the co-commentary, but as an analyst, he, his analysis of things before and after fights are unparalleled for anything any fighter I've ever seen before. Yeah, he's incredibly good. Yeah, yeah, especially breaking down his own fights. Like, and he's so inter- he's he is easily the best loser. Uh, that I've ever oh. seen in, in combat sports. And I'm actually doing a column about that right now that'll come out later today on Bleacher Report. But like he's, I mean, he's the best loser in terms of analyzing where he went wrong and being yeah. humble about it. Uh, the, the problem is, I mean, I do, I agree with you. I think it would be amazing, but the problem is they couldn't afford to pay him to, to, to do that. So, Yeah, definitely. Uh, Mr. Podrigan, do you think John Jones comes back if he gets a, a two to three year suspension? Um, Yeah, I do. Because what else is he going to do? Yeah, that is true. He probably like if he doesn't, he's going to be a cautionary tale. Like he's going to he end already up. Is kind of, I, know. I know, but he's going to. It's going to be worse. He's going to end up. You know, I don't want to say living on the streets because he's got a lot of money, but uh, think very bad things could happen if John Jones does not have something to focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, the purse was uh, disclosed. Conor McGregor getting thirty million, Floyd Mayweather getting hundred million, which will obviously rise for both of them um, due to the pay per view numbers. What What did you think of that split? Do you, I, I I was kind of predicting something around that. Do you think that's enough for McGregor thirty million, or do you think uh, do you think he should have got more? 
Yeah, I mean, no, just for disclose, uh, that's that's about what I expected. I actually thought it, McGregor would be less, like maybe twenty million. But uh, yeah, that's going to rise. I mean, Connor's probably, from what I understand, is probably going to make probably one hundred twenty-five million if the pay-per-view buys come out to where uh, everybody thinks mm-hmm. they're going to come out, uh, and Floyd to make you know three hundred fifty million. So yeah, I mean, that's that's about where it should be, I think. Uh, and you know, dude, if you're Connor and you're going from you know, I mean, I think he probably at most made twenty million dollars uh, for his last UFC fight. I think you know, going from that to to this, uh, I'd call that a win. How much do you think he fights for in his next fight? How much will he get if he fights say Nate Diaz in the UFC next? Yeah, I think so. I think what you're looking at is if he if he gets a piece of the UFC, if they co-promote with him, I think he's going to get a you know a much big, maybe 15, 20% of pay-per-view revenue as opposed to the 3% that they usually get, which means I think he's, if he fights Nate Diaz, just doing quick math in my head, I think he probably makes 30 to 35 million for that fight. That'd be all right. I think he'd probably take that. Uh, Johnny Byrne at yeah. MMA takeover underscore. Do you think Dan White will entertain another crossover boxing match in the next two or three years? Or will you be reluctant to do so? No, I, I do. If, if the money's there, um and, and if they can do another fight and obviously they can't do another fight like this one this was a once in a lifetime event but i mean th- dude this proved if if there's interest if there's an interest in like let's say a stipe miocic if, if he goes undefeated over the next two years um uh, let's say he beats john jones hypothetically somehow uh and, and they can set up a fight with him and anthony joshua yeah of course they do it if it will make money for the UFC because the UFC made more money off this fight, the McGregor Mayweather fight, than they're going to make the entire year on pay-per-view by a wide margin. Uh, if they can do that, of course they're going to do it. Yeah, I think they will if it's a big enough situation, but I I don't think anything can be as big as Mayweather and McGregor again, and I don't think anything no, will come close. So I think they could do it again for McGregor, but I don't think it'll, it'll happen for anyone else. Uh, Farron Conley asked about the DS fight. We mentioned that. Um, Johnny Burnigan asked, Carol Frotch and Polly Malinagy's performance is com- combine your worst, your all-time worst commentary time in combat sports. What do you think? Um, so, Gus Johnson. Oh, yeah. Like, he's just the all-time worst, you know, just mm-hmm. the absolute all-time worst. Uh, and actually, he's so bad that I'm kind of blanking on who, I mean, oh, Boss Rutten. I can't stand Boss Rutten. Oh, that's bad. Kenny Florian, I would put in there as well. Kenny Florian's uh, definitely I, 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 I think that Gus Johnson, and if you put Gus Johnson and Boss Rutten on a call together, I'm not watching that show. I yeah, that would, that would be terrible. The Bama commentators as well are absolutely horrendous. Um, especially, especially the color guy. I, I don't even know who he is. But yeah, um, yeah. The, the last guy as well that Bellator just sacked. He was a lovely guy and everything, but he was... Sean Grande. Yeah, awful. Yeah, great basketball announcer. Great basketball announcer. Uh, shit MMA announcer. Yeah, terrible. Um, th- does Connor landing ten uh, punches in ten more punches in ten rounds than Manny Pacquiao landed in twelve speak more to Connor's skill level or the way Floyd fought in those matches? I think it's both. To be honest, it's both. I yeah. think Floyd. Yeah, I think Floyd was more cautious for longer in those matches. And I think Connor did a lot better than uh, than people were thinking as well. Uh, yeah, that and that's not to say that he's better. Uh, that's not to say that Connor McGregor is a better boxer than Manny Pacquiao. Uh, it's just that you know, Floyd fought a different kind of fight. It was a different kind of fight. Hundred percent. That was from Mailman Mike at Humboldt Mailman. Uh, Vincent Mulcahy at Vin Thirty Leakskip asks: Should Connor use a sports psychologist to address how how he burns so fast in the middle of fights? Yeah, I no. think that'd be. No, you don't think so? Nah, dude. No, nah, he'd be. He'll be fine. It's not. It's just he needs to be more measured early. Um, uh, yeah, you maybe spend more time 
working on cardio and less time buying your cornerman hipster bartender suits. Yeah. Uh, Maybe. I don't know. I think getting an actual boxing trainer would have helped him as well. I know he said yeah. he'd only need 14 weeks or whatever, but I definitely think it would have helped him. Um, but look, let's hear another, hear another. This is a question I I wouldn't mind getting your opinion on from Andy Stevenson at AndyC123. Is Connor Ireland's greatest ever athlete sports person? I've talked about this before. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, look, dude, I'm not, I'm only an honorary um, Irish man, yeah. but I, I, you know, it, from my view, yeah. Uh, and from talking to, you know, a lot of, you know, guys like you and um, some of the guys from you know, second captains and places like I, I think that maybe there's an argument to be made because who would be better? I mean, in your mind, who would be better? Would it be would it be Katie Taylor? No, I don't think so. I think Ray Keane is like Ray Keane yeah. was one of Man United's main players for their greatest ever you know, run for like 10 years, yeah. won the Champions League, captained like five league winning teams. Yeah, famous, and, world famous uh, LA Galaxy, Roy Keane. Yeah, how dare you? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I hope that was a joke. But yeah, like, uh, I don't know, Podrick Harrington, Rory McIlroy have to be up there as well. You know, one multiple major is really, really good. Um, uh, Brian O'Driscoll was the, one of the world's greatest rugby players for nigh on 10 years. Yeah, see, so here's the thing, Sean. I've never heard of most of those people. And, like, in terms of exports, uh, in terms of, a, you know, somebody, lead, you know, making an impact on the international scene, I think it's got to be Conor McGregor. Yeah, right? I definitely agree with that. But in sporting terms, Kieran Carey, 100%. He's the best ever. Uh, are both Aldo and DC's legacies damaged by both having that one person who they couldn't manage to beat for the belt? Well, now, yeah, I'll tell you, all those legacy is damaged by being a total fucking twat on Twitter. <laughs> it's twat, uh, by the way. Don't say twat properly. Come on. Don't be so uh, American. Fuck's sake. It's twat. We say, we say twat here. Well, it's our yeah. word, and it's twat. Well, so, you're, like, you're twat. So, uh, anyway, I, you know, I, I, think, <laughs> I think that Jose Aldo acting the way he did uh, and make it, you know, mocking McGregor's loss, like, dude, what do you expect to accomplish that? The dude fucking knocked you out in 13 seconds. You look like a total asshole. Uh, him and Polly, like they are the two biggest losers from this event. Polly, Polly united the MMA community in a. It's amazing hatred. Oh yeah, God, it's amazing, dude. I like I tweeted the one thing about him yesterday. You know, you know, because he he had that tweet talking about uh, McGregor. You know, getting walked down and knocked out just to prove a point. And so I, you know, I responded to him, and I think it has like five hundred retweets and a thousand likes right now. So like, that's like unprecedented. That. Do you know what the worst thing about this is McGregor fights Nate Diaz now. Polly Malinaji is going to be chiming in, and he, people are going to interview him and so on. Like, just leave Polly Man- yeah. Malinaji die the death he's been dying for the last few years. He's a, yeah. I, I actually really like Polly Malinaji as a commentator and as an analyst in boxing. I think he's brilliant, but Jesus Christ, just get him off this. Like, oh, yeah. we don't need to hear any more of this shit. Um, Patrick Sheen asked about McGregor against Pacquiao. Yeah, nobody wants to see that. And oh, do you think people are not giving enough credit to the fact Connor had 50% of his skill set and win 10 rounds? I, I don't think Connor's getting enough credit. And as I said, I think it's because people thought he would do so well when he, the reality was that he never should have done that well. I thought he did way, way better. He's not yeah, getting enough no, credit. People who thought he was going to do well didn't know anything about anything. So, yeah. you know, I, I think from the people who are smart, who who uh, who watch and analyze and do this stuff for a living, and for the fans who pay attention, um, I you know, I think he's getting plenty of credit as well. He should. Hundred percent. My sister asked a question here, Jackie. What's next for McGregor? Can you see him find Diaz again, or can you see McGregor or Mayweather getting into the octagon? Jeremy, what do you think? Mayweather's not getting in the octagon. <laughs> as, no. as much as as much as I would like to see that, he is not pulling a James Tony. Um, so no uh and i do think i think you're probably right i think nate diaz might 
God, I think he might be next. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that's probably the, as long as they can, you know, pay Nate the 20 million. Um, but it's interesting. Like, I mean, because it, you know, if the UFC is co-promoting that fight with McGregor, then you know, Diaz promotions, uh, is that what you're saying? I mean, it, you know, he might actually request that. And if, even if he doesn't, then it's Connor, you know, Connor's company is going to be paying Nate Diaz. So that's kind of, uh, it's going to be interesting. What was the name of that promotion that Nick had? Um, oh God, I, I don't remember. Oh fuck! I was brilliant. It was like a one-man tournament or something. It I, was. He, it was a one-night thing, and it didn't. It never did anything again. He like showed up for. Uh, remember, he showed up for the media day like an hour later or something, and like everyone yeah. had gone away. And I mean, great man, what a legend. Yep. Uh, Dara Kelly at Kildara. Uh, what does the future hold for light heavyweight now in Jones' absence? Like I think we were discussing there, Carmel probably get the belt back. Yep. the Gustafson fight there, Udzimir. I think Jimmy Manoa is probably pretty pretty happy now. You know, he if he wins another couple of fights, there's this big rivalry between him and Carmi. I could see that happening. I, I I don't think DC sticks around long enough for Manoa to get his way back into title contention. I think you see really? either the either yeah, I think you see either the Gustafson fight or you see um, the Uzdemir fight, and I think that's probably it for DC. Yeah, uh, especially Fraser. if Jones is gone, dude. If Jones is gone, if Jones is gone for you know, if he gets a three year suspension. Uh, I think that actually hastens DC's retirement. He's not going to wait around. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. Uh, Fraser at Fraz one zero zero one. If you were Connor's next opponent in MMA, what would your game plan be against him? I, like, I, I know you mentioned it doesn't really matter going to MMA, but I think people will be will be looking at this and thinking that if I can survive early and you know be very very cautious early, bringing into third and fourth round, I, McGregor will get tired and I can beat him there. I think people will start looking at that. We'll try to do that now. That's easier said than done. Obviously, against Conor McGregor, yeah, who's dude. unbelievably tough in the first uh, few rounds. Well, right, and that's the thing. It's like they can think that, but like if they're smart, they won't because none of them have the defensive nature and, and you know composure of Floyd Mayweather. They're just going to get knocked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Actor extraordinaire Mr. Jack Dorges over on Twitter asks, are you surprised that fighters from both sports still struggle to gasp what Connor and Floyd were doing pre-fights, selling the fight? Say that one more time. Do you think people, people are very, you know, they don't understand that the words spoken by Floyd and Connor before the fight were actually them selling the fight and, you know, they take things oh. very seriously and stuff. That's just constantly, people do that all the time, don't they? And yeah. The likes no, of Floyd I think they, it was pretty clear. Yeah, it was pretty clear that they actually liked each other. I mean, you could tell during the middle of the fight, and and there were times before the fight leading up to it, even on that world tour with all the buffoonery going on, that you could tell that they liked each other. Um, and you know, you could really tell after. So yeah, yeah, they were just just selling the fight. People get so worked up, man. Bunch of marks. Yeah, yeah loads of marks. Um, Jack as well asks about going back to one fifty five. You mentioned that Deshaun still think Khabib is the only man that can beat McGregor at one fifty five. That fight, I don't think that fight's ever going to happen. Maybe not, but I do. I definitely think he's still the most dangerous one. Although I don't know easy anymore because Khabib has fought like once in the last fifteen years. So yeah, I don't know. I'd like to see him come back in a few fights. I think he could beat. I mean, I think he would probably be favored to beat Mayweather. Maybe not by the odds, um, but mm-hmm. you know, in, in the head of smart analysts, I think he would be favored to win. But I'm less convinced of it than I was a year and a half ago. Me too. I, I think it's a real fifty-fifty one. He also asks, "How annoying were the thousand Connor tweets?" C O N N O R. Isn't that just the one <laughs> most annoying? Connor was, it was trending, trending in America. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was the funny but Like, it's annoying, um, but it's also funny because it got trending. But, you know, I'll tell you what, you know, before we go, what's really annoying is when some an outlet like the New York Times publishes complete fucking fiction in their stories. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I know I kind of went on and ran on Twitter about this, but, and they've, they've made the correction since then, but like, I don't know if you actually saw that story, but I mean, they said that they wrote this, you know, this passage where they talked about the ending of the fight. Connor was completely bloodied and was about to fall through the ropes. And so the referee saved it. I'm like, dude, did you even fucking watch the fight? Did you yeah. watch the fight? Because none of that happened. Mm-hmm. Like, and that was, it was kind of stunning. Um, and so, you know, what's crazy is like, is Victor Meyer, the guy who actually wrote that is usually a pretty reliable. He's the guy who covers boxing, you know, in MMA for them. He's done some really strong work. So I don't know what the hell happened. I don't know if he just like decided not to watch the fight and then just write whatever the fuck he wanted to write. Or I don't know if he pre-wrote a story uh, and then forgot to change it. Uh, but either way, that was that was a more annoying. To me, that was the most annoying thing that happened in the past couple of days. I agree. Right. Three more quick questions. Harry Paul asked us for our Premier League 11. We'll, we'll get, get to that next week when we have more time. David Farrell asks, do questions need to be asked about McGregor's conditioning training given that he did not appear fit gas by the fourth round? I don't think it was that he was fit. I just think it was a different sort of fitness. And I, But... Like, if you're looking at someone who Conor McGregor is and he's selling this McGregor fast thing, I saw a few people joking and calling it McGregor gassed, which which was pretty funny. <laughs> That's funny. But, <laughs> yeah, I would be, you know, I'd be pulling back on that for a while if I was him uh, and maybe not uh, selling that as hard uh, as he was before. Uh, but questions you questions definitely do need to be asked, is, whether it's a mental thing or physical thing. I definitely think it's a mental thing because physically he's, he, I know, you know, how hard he trends. And I definitely don't think that's it. Yeah, yeah um, that's definitely not it. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, uh, Farrell Connolly asked about Reese McKee getting on KSW card. I, I hope he does. You know, that's going to be a huge card, obviously in Dublin. I, I saw Martin Lewandowski re- uh, replying to him today, and uh, Reese McKee. Robert, kind of Robert Lewandowski. Yeah. Oh, no. What's his Mar- Martin Lewandowski? Yeah. Okay, I thought you said Robert Lewandowski. Lewandowski. I was like, I don't Will that happen? And uh, we mentioned earlier, last question from Ant at Smith2806A. Brilliant username, catchy. Uh, what are your thoughts yeah. on Snoop, Snoop Dogg's ridiculous tirade after the fight? If, you, if people didn't see it, he went down and called Conor McGregor like a pussy and all loads of different things. You would catch it on Twitter anyway and, and went really over the top and there was really no, no need for it. What, what was your thoughts on it? Do you think he should be sacked? Well, I mean, I think it was a little bit ridiculous. Uh, you know, uh, clearly Snoop was speaking as a fan and not as a UFC employee yeah. um, or a UFC contractor. Um, but also, as Snoop follows me on Twitter, then I, I pretty much consider him one of my best friends in the world, and so I will not yeah. say anything. I will not say anything negative about him. So, Who, who's your most famous follower? God, it's got to be him. Uh, Kurt Sutter, the guy who created Sons of Anarchy, he would be one. Got to be Snoop. I think it's got to. No, oh, I, I mean, or um, uh, Gordon Ramsay actually might be one of them. Does McGregor still block you? Remember he blocked you there. Yeah, time. he did. He bought me years ago, and even though I've fucking hung out with the dude at his family's house and like and hung out with him in Vegas, uh, he still never unblocked me. And I asked him a couple of times, and he just really? never. He did it right. Conor McGregor is probably my most famous follower. Maybe Dana White. Yeah. I, well, oh, he also blocked me. Maybe but, Ronda Rousey. Does Ronda Rousey block you? She follows no, me. No, she does, she does not block me. No, she didn't. Nice. But she also doesn't follow me. So you are uh, you are slightly more famous than me, apparently. I am I am loved by the masses in MMA. Let's be honest here. Tana White obviously doesn't listen to the fucking podcast <laughs> or Conor McGregor either. Yeah, yeah that's so. I don't believe that for a second. But you know, that's okay. These these good things, right? That's it. You have a story coming out, Jeremy. Do you want to pimp it out? Tell people where they can find you: Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, anywhere. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Jeremy Botter. I'm also on Instagram at the same. And I'll have that story coming out on Bleacher Report tonight, I believe. It might be so, pushed tomorrow. Yesterday. Uh, so <laughs> you have that story coming out yesterday, Jeremy. What's that? You have the story coming out yesterday because this podcast won't be out tomorrow. So. Oh, yeah, dude. I am. Oh, my bad. 
My bad. <laughs> Good man. Thanks for. I don't know if we'll be here next week or not. We'll see. But if you're not, thanks very much for helping me out for the last few weeks. Really appreciate it. Hope everyone over in Texas is okay. And even, you know, Crooklyn, all my friends as well over there. Uh, uh, I hope everyone gets, you know, gets better. And a lot of the people over in Donegal as well. There was big fucking floods and, and uh, things about there. So hopefully everyone's okay. Hopefully yeah, we can take our mind off it for a while anyway. So Yeah, I'm uh, still not giving up this chair. So Graham can. Come find me in Texas and fight me if he wants it back. Fuck you, Graham. Fuck you, Fuck Graham. You, Graham. Never liked you. Right, that's it. Another week in the books. Thanks everyone for listening. Please tweet it out. Tell us. Tag me. Tag at Sean GNBA. Tag at Jeremy Butter. At Severe Mepod. Send in your questions for next week. Put it up on Facebook. Everywhere like that. We'll we'll give it a retweet. We'll give it a share. We appreciate your uh, kind words and everything like that. So here we go. Before we end, as we do every week, the inspirational quote: Never let your fear decide your future. See you next Tuesday.